The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Disability Matters with your host, Joyce Bender. All comments, views, and opinions expressed on this show are solely those of the host, guest, and callers. Now the host of Disability Matters, here's Joyce Bender. Hey, welcome to the show, and how is everyone today with this, at least in Pittsburgh, bright, beautiful weather, sun, rare in Pittsburgh, so we're really having a great day today. Um, and I really think you will be so interested in our guest today. I'll bet this is someone you don't know about, but more importantly, I'll bet you don't know the wonderful thing he does. Uh, Jason Say is the owner of Sportsman's Portal, co-owner of Wired Outdoors, and founder of Camo Cares, which we'll be talking about today. But so that we can get started, Jason, how about if we begin by you telling our listeners how you are involved in the disability community? Sure, no problem. And, and Joyce, I just first of all want to say thank you very much for having me on. I as well. I'm from Pennsylvania. I'm up in northwest Pennsylvania, and we're having a beautiful day here, too. So um, thank you very much for having me on. Yeah, My pleasure. The way, the, the, what I can say is we're involved, and we started a, a organization three years ago called Camo Care. And I'm going to talk, I guess, a little bit later on in the interview about what Wired Outdoors is and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, to make a, a long story short here in the beginning, uh, Camo Cares is an organization that was developed to take children with life-threatening illnesses on uh, their hunt of a lifetime. And we had a one-day event, you know, and we would we got together and we had an archery shoot in the morning, which was shooters from all over the country came in to shoot. Uh, we had raffles in the afternoon, and then three bands in the evening. So there was a little something for everybody. And, you know, it started out kind of small. And, you know, in our first year then with Camo Cares, we raised $20,000 in a one-day event. And last year, um, with the second annual Camo Cares, we raised $40,000. And this year, I don't want to let the cat out of the bag, but we're doing very, very well and very much going to top that number again this year. So it's just an event that's growing um, tremendously, and we're heavily involved in taking children from anything with spina bifida to leukemia. Um, you know, this year's young man that we're taking on a, on an elk hunt uh, suffers from a kidney cancer called Wilm, Wilms tumor. Kidney cancer, we've taken kids with uh, disease I can't even pronounce. The one is, I'll do my best here, ataxia telangiectasia. Um, mm-hmm. which, is a, which is a horrible, horrible disease, and we took that young man on a moose hunt a couple years ago. So that, in a, in a nutshell, is some of the things we do with, um, you know, with children. And we're also proud to announce that this year we are taking a wounded military veteran on his dream hunt, uh, First Class Sergeant Matt Miles. We're going to be taking to New Mexico elk hunting. Uh, he suffered from a, you know, an, an IED explosion and lost his left leg severe lacerations, all kinds of things, and uh, we're proud to be taking him on his uh, his dream hunt this year as well. Oh, that is awesome. And I mean, that is really wonderful. Um, I Just, again, though, Jason, 
what would you say in your heart? What made you want to do this? Well, you know, and I don't know how familiar you know your listeners are with the uh, you know the outdoor world, and, and I guess I should almost start at the beginning. Um, you know, I worked in healthcare for 14 years. I was a director of marketing and strategic planning at a, at a health system in eastern Pennsylvania for 14 years. And just like anybody else, I liked my job, but I didn't love my job. I loved the outdoors. I grew up in northwest Pennsylvania uh, where we, you know, we were raised on wild game. And, you know, we grew up hunting and fishing. And that's what we did. And that's always been my passion. So, you know, after 14 years in healthcare, I said, you know what, you know, it's, it's now or never. And, you know, and with the, the co-host and co-owner, uh, Kyle Schwabenbauer, um, we founded the company called Wired Outdoors. And Wired Outdoors was all about bringing um, hunting and, and shows. Instead of the traditional TV avenue where you see them a year and a half later, we knew the Internet was going to be where it was at. And that's really what we focused on. But that kind of in a nutshell is what Wired Outdoors is about. But when Kyle and I founded the company, we always said that we wanted to be different and we wanted to do more. And we always, since the time we founded our company, and, you know, anytime you start a company, you always ask lots of people you know who started businesses, and you try and get advice of things that you need to do. And every business person I think that we talked to said, don't do a charity in your first couple of years. You're going to have so many other expenses and da 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 you know, and, and Kyle and I just said, you know what, if we end up failing because this is something we do, then, then so be it. And we just decided that we wanted to be different. And I'm not saying that other people in the industry don't do similar things, but in our opinion, I think people in positions like ours can do a lot more. And Kyle and I have always just said we wanted to do as, as much as we could. And, you know, and, and I think we've, we've lived up to that, and we really try our best to make sure that we're, that we're giving back and we're doing things for, you know, for people who would otherwise not have an opportunity, opportunity to do some of the things that we offer them. So that, in a nutshell, is is really, you know, how it got started and, you know, and why we do what we do with Camo Cares. Okay, well, let's talk about that. But before we do, how about telling our listeners about Wired Outdoors? And I guess you've just explained why you started is because you wanted to be outdoors. Sure, yeah. I mean, you know, you hear people say, do what you love, you know. And, and I was in a position, that, you know, in a health system and, I, I really liked my job. I was very fortunate, and, uh, you know, I was just getting ready to, you know, get another big promotion. My wife was eight and a half months pregnant, and I came home, and I said, honey, it's now or never, and, you know, and I kind of I kind of pulled the trigger, and, you know, and here we are with Wired Outdoors, and Wired Outdoors is a lot different than your traditional TV show that you watch on TV. Our goal was always to um, go do our hunts, film them, cut them, produce them, you know, so that people could see them in a couple of weeks, you know, instead of waiting a year and a half. And, you know, that way, like, instead of seeing a turkey hunt in the middle of winter on TV, they're seeing a turkey hunt when they're actually out turkey hunting and following us on Facebook. And we actually on Facebook now are up to about 134,000 fans who follow us on Facebook. And our, our model, and, you know, you know this with what you do with the Internet and things like that, we – We've known that the Internet's going to be where it's at, and that's really what we focused with uh, Wired Outdoors and all the stuff that we do there in our hunting show. And, and how do people reach you? Uh, you can Wired watch all of, our show, all of our shows online, wiredoutdoors.com. Um, we're actually proud to announce, too, I don't know how many of your listeners have heard of Roku, um, but we're going to be one of the first hunting shows on, on the Roku uh, which is a streaming, I'm not sure if you're familiar with Roku or not, Joyce, but it's a way to stream through your TV uh, through a little box. You can watch all of the Wired Outdoors shows on our Roku channel, um, as well as our website at wiredoutdoors.com. 
Wow, that is awesome. And is this all types of hunting, small yeah. and large game, or what is it mean? Oh, yeah, we hunt all over the country. I just got back from a bear hunt in Canada. You know, we go elk hunting, we go moose hunting, um, white-tailed deer, turkey. Yeah, it's all different kinds. Um, you know, everything from muzzleloader to archery to crossbow to, um, you know, you name it. We try and provide a, a wide variety of, of, you know, of hunts and different types of styles and, and all those good things. And, it, and all of our shows as well, you know, if you go on our website, you can see our shows. And I don't want to get too far out of myself, but uh, it's very important to us with the kids from Camel Cares. We go and film those hunts um, with the, the children that we raise money for. So those hunts are available also on the website. Well, this brings us to why I had you on today, and that is Camo Cares. Yeah. So how about if you explain that to everyone, Jason, and then uh, how this came to be. Okay. Um, Camo Cares, again, is a nonprofit organization that we founded three years ago. Uh, like I said, in our first year, we were fortunate. We raised $20,000. Last year, we raised $40,000. Uh, this year, we've um, you know pretty much topped that number already and haven't even had the event yet. But the goal of Camo Cares, and I'll give you an overview of the mission statement. Our mission statement at Camo Cares is to sponsor charities who foster the outdoor lifestyle. And that enabled us to keep a broad mission statement where we could pick and choose what we wanted to do. The one thing that's always been near and dear to my heart and, you know, and Kyle's and the rest of the crew here is kids. And we found an organization called Hunt of a Lifetime, um, which is actually located in Erie, Pennsylvania, which sends children with life-threatening illnesses on their hunt of a lifetime. As you know, uh, certain organizations like uh, Make-A-Wish and some of those, because of some political pressure, no longer offer that for the kids. And the founder of that organization was in a, you know, was in a position. Her son was, was dying of cancer, and he grew up in a hunting family, and that was what he wanted to do. And nobody would do that for him. And, and uh, she stepped up and said she was going to make a difference and provide these for kids who wanted to do this. So, that's what we do, and we, we raise money for these children. Uh, last year, it takes approximately $3,000 to send a kid on their hunt. So, you know, last year we sent what would have been seven kids on their hunt of a lifetime, 13 kids, something like that. I have to go back and look at the numbers. Uh, but what we do each year, then, is at our event, Camo Cares, which this year is June 23rd in Freiburg, Pennsylvania, and you can find out more information about it on our website at wiredoutdoors.com and just click on the tab that says Camo Cares. But our event is June, June 23rd in Freiburg, Pennsylvania. And while we raise money for 13, 14, 15 kids, we always pick one kid each year um, that can be kind of the poster child that will be there that day, that people get to meet him, um, meet him or her, uh, you know, and spend some time with them, and they really get to know that person's story. And we actually have a very, very touching video on our website right now all about the young man that we're raising money for this year named Wade Armstrong, and this one's going to, you know, this one hits really home for me. I have a nine-year-old son myself. This is one of the youngest kids that we've ever taken, but he's nine years old and suffers from Wilms tumor kidney cancer, and we're going to be raising money for him and taking him on his uh, his hunt of a lifetime elk hunting out in Arizona. So Camo Cares in and of itself is a, is a one-day event. You know, we raise all that money in one day for that event, and we take as many kids as we possibly can um, on their dream hunts that are, uh, you know, suffering from illnesses. Well, I'm sure that changes them. I mean, what a great thing. It, it is. And, you know, and, and I can tell you, I know you want to talk a little bit about this later on, but one of the the things, in the, and I say when we do these things, you know, you're sitting there with a the, the kid on this hunt, and it's not so much about going out and, and shooting an animal. 
it's about a lot of times that kid just being able to be normal for a day. You know, we've been on hunts with, you know, people that are in 300-pound wheelchairs who don't get to go out hunting with their dad. And when you take them out, there's been days where we haven't even seen animals. And it's funny because we as adults and people that are, you know, perfectly healthy and are mobile, we get all depressed and down. We can tell the kids don't even care because to them, just to get outside, to be able to be normal for a day just means so much to these kids. So it it, it really is uh, a tremendous, tremendous thing that we do, you know, not only for the kids, but uh, for their families as well. I mean, put yourself in the shoes, and that's what I always tell people, you know, put yourself in the shoes of some of these families, um, you know, that, that can't just go and say, hey, come on, Billy, let's go hunting together. And, you know, it, it just takes a lot more than that. So to give the, the family as well as the kid the experience has uh, just been a tremendous, tremendous uh, experience for all of us. Well, we're going to talk more about that in a few minutes. Right now, we're getting ready to go to break. If you just tuned in, we are talking to Jason Say about Camo Cares. This is Joyce Bender, America's Voice, where disability matters at voiceamerica.com. Don't go away. We'll be right back. Talk, talk, talk. That's all we do is talk. If you'd like to talk, call us toll-free right now at 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. That's it. That's it. VoiceAmerica.com. Each week, Jimmy Gould brings you the stories and the people that you want to hear about. Tune in to A Current Life to hear about the journey to success, how our guests became the people they are today, and the highs and lows they experienced along the way. Each hour will leave you inspired and entertained as Jimmy gets up close and personal with every week's guest and shares ideas you can identify with and apply to your own life. A Current Life with Jimmy Gould airs Fridays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Tune in to the Hoffman Connection for inspiration, a life of passion and purpose. Hosts Raz and Grossi and Ed McLoon will bring you ways to remove the blocks in your life that are holding you back. Along with their guest experts, Raz and Ed will use their experience and expertise to help you learn to get closer to what matters to you most. And by doing so, improve your life and the lives of others. The Hoffman Connection can be heard live every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Hi, I'm Greg Grunberg from the TV show Heroes. One of my personal heroes is my son, who, like more than 3 million Americans, has epilepsy. When someone with epilepsy is having a seizure, their brain is temporarily producing more electricity than their body can handle. They can shake or stare or fall down. They can also even briefly lose consciousness. If you see someone having a seizure, please make sure they're comfortable and safe. And within a few minutes or less, the electrical overload will stop and they will be okay. To learn more, visit epilepsyfoundation.org. Thank you. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com If you have a question or comment, call in toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now please welcome back the host of Disability Matters, here's Joy Spender. Hey, welcome back to the show. If you just joined us, we are talking to Jason Say 
founder of Camo Cares, and how he provides children with disabilities the hunt of a lifetime. So here's my question for you, Jason. How do you select those children? Well, each year what we do, like I said, we work through a, another nonprofit organization called Hunt of a Lifetime. I put a call into Tina and I say, hey, get us a list of, of all of the kids you have, um, you know, that kind of fit our criteria, and, and I just kind of go through it. While we raise money for just about all of them to send, um, I try and go through and see what would be a good fit and for the hunt and the things that they want to do that would be a good fit because we want to go along and film and then the process begins. You know, I, I make a call to each family um, before we select them because we do a lot of things, and, and unfortunately I think we're in a society where there are some groups that maybe just take advantage of certain things, and I'm very, very uh, sensitive to that. So I always call the families personally and say, hey, here's what we would like to do, you know, because it's very, very public what we do, you know, where they're on our website, we make videos about them, we take them on a hunt, and we film it. So some families, just they don't want to do that kind of thing. So while we still raise the money to send that child, um, we always <clears throat> always look for a good fit. And that's kind of how we come down to it. And this year, you know, we are going to be raising money for uh, Wade Armstrong, uh, who's in uh, Toledo, Ohio, is where he lives, and he's going to be our poster child this year. And I just want to stress, you know, a lot of people like, man, you know, $40,000, that's a lot of money for, for one kid to go on a hunt. Well, th that's not the case. You know, while we send him, we actually raise enough money to send 13, 14, 20 kids on their hunt. But it's always important to us to make it more personal for people so that when they come to the event and they give money to Camo Cares, they then get to watch that show of that child being successful and they get to kind of give themselves a pat on the back, say, you know what, I help make that dream come true for that child. So, you know, that's kind of how the process works um, in, in selecting the child for uh, for Camo Cares. Okay. Well, we have a question for you, emailed from one of our listeners uh, from Tony in Kansas. And the question is, Jason, this is really great what you're doing. Uh, may I ask you, have you ever had any incidents when taking a child with a disability on a hunt? Um, now, would he mean incidents like of the child getting very sick and having to leave, you know, or anything like that? I'm assuming that's what the, you know, what Tony is alluding to there. And we've been very, very fortunate. Um, you know, our first year we took a took a young lady who did have spina bifida, and she did get very, very sick um, on the hunt. She actually spent some time in the emergency room, but she was fine. You know, she actually ended up hunting by the last day. She got her turkey. Uh, so we've been very, very fortunate. It's like I say, you know, and, and I would encourage people to go to our website at wiredoutdoors.com and click on Camo Cares and watch some of the videos. It's like I always tell people, I truly believe that there's somebody out there watching out for us. You know, whether, you know, I've had kids come to me and say, you know, I, we want to go on a moose hunt. And this was a young man, and I know we'll talk about this later. He was in a 300-pound wheelchair. And I say to myself, well, how the heck? are we going to get this kid in a 300-pound wheelchair a moose? We, you know, we're not going to be able to get around. And, you know, sure enough, second day, we got that young man, a, young man a moose, and he was very sick before going up. But during the entire trip, he was did very, very well, didn't have any incidents. So, so I think the answer to his question is, you know, some minor things here and there with, you know, the one child the one year got sick and had to spend some time in the ER. But for the most part, we have never had a major incident yet. Boy, that is awesome. That, yeah. That's really good. That is very good. Okay, here we go. We have a Ken in Montana. 
well, Justin, you know I love everything about this because I, too, love the outdoors. You could probably tell by where I live, the state I'm in. Um, a question I have, have you ever considered taking children with disabilities fishing? Well, you know, and that's kind of funny. We do raise money. When we raise money for kids, we write a big check at the end of the year, and a lot of those dreams include a fishing trip. What we've always done, Wired Outdoors in and of itself is a hunting show. So we always pick a kid as our poster child who wants to go on a hunt because that's our audience. But to answer his question, absolutely, we raise money for kids whether they want to go on a hunt or whether they want to go on a fishing trip. It's just the one that we pick and then choose and go film is generally always a a hunting show. Mm -hmm. And how much of that show do you film? How much of the hunt? I'm sorry. We will film, we'll actually have, what we do with every hunt, and again, I encourage you to go to the website at wiredoutdoors.com and click on Camo Cares and watch some of the, uh, some of the hunt well, of the well, hunt. Let's say you understand what he's going. You go to wiredoutdoors.com and then you click, click on Camo Cares, C-A-M-O. Go ahead. Yep, yep, and you click on Camo Cares, and we also have an on-demand section with all of them. But, um, you know, when I, I, I'm, I have to apologize. What was your question again there? I know we got off on a track, on a, on a separate track. I think it was something along the lines of how much video do we actually do of the hunt, correct? Yes. Okay. How much of you, the what, hunt do you film? We film the entire hunt. We, we actually, um, what we do at the beginning of every show is we kind of introduce that child and tell his story, um, you know, of, of what he's been through. Generally, we have the mom and the dad kind of talking about them and we show pictures from when they were babies to where they are at now and you know and really make the audience um you know become attached you know to be able to associate with the with the child and then we will go film the hunt you know we film the entire thing from the beginning to the end um from the you know the the highs and the lows and all that good stuff the cameras are rolling the entire time wow that that is really awesome now, how about parents, Jason? Are the parents also involved on these trips? Absolutely. Um, each child uh, is permitted to take one of their parents along, and we've actually been on several hunts where both parents are along. So there's always at least one, and sometimes both parents are along. And, and I'll just touch on that note a little bit. Um, and I know this is one thing we were going to talk about, you know, and I know in, in is what was the most emotional hunt I was ever on. And all the hunts are are emotional to an extent, some more than others. And we were on a hunt with a a young man named Douglas uh, who had ataxia telangiectasia. And I I don't know if you're familiar with that disease or not, but that's just about as bad as it gets with it's like five diseases rolled into one. And he was in a wheelchair and he actually was diagnosed with leukemia before we left. So he just had a ton of things going on. But this kid absolutely loved the outdoors, and his mom and dad loved the outdoors, and they both came along. And, you know, after we got him a moose, you know, what I tell people is, is you're sitting out there in the middle of the field, and you just have the, the highest of highs and the lowest of lows, and you're happy and you're crying. And, and what I can tell to people is you do almost as much for the parents as what you do for the kids, because I know to that dad to his father, which his name's Doug as well, he was a big hunter, and, and him and Douglas, just it, it was hard for them to ever go do anything. And then I, I just sit there and look at that, and I, I put myself in those shoes. I have a nine-year-old son who I can 
grab and we head out to the woods whenever we want. To them, it, it's not that easy. So what we do means just about as much to the parents as what it does to the kids. Just to see their child for a day be able to be normal and go do things with his father or his mother that, that I take for granted sometimes, you know, with, with my kids and the things that I can do. So in what we do, and, and back to your question is, yeah, absolutely, you know, there's always one parent. Sometimes there's two, um, but always at least one parent on every trip. Uh, I'm sure that's quite an experience for them. No, no doubt about that in my mind. I can't even envision. Now, do they then have to get all the equipment on their own, or how does that work? No, it's all taken care of. Uh, everything that's included in a trip from the, the equipment to getting there, you know, then there, we've had kids that have driven um, in wheelchair, wheelchair accessible vans. Uh, that's all taken care of. We have others who, you know, they need to fly, you know, and it all depends on what they need. But all the travel arrangements, everything back and forth, as well as the taxidermy for their animals, the handling of their meat, the processing, uh, everything's taken care of from the beginning to the end of the hunt, so there's no expense to the families or the children. Wow. How, how long do they normally stay on these hunts? Um, you know, it's usually a week is what you have planned, but sometimes, you know, it can be, you know, four days, five-day hunt, you know, six-day. A lot of times, you know, the kids, you know, they're not in the best health, so it's difficult. They're not going to be able to do a hard seven-day hunt. You know, we have to go out, and we literally have to get it done in, you know, one, two, three days in order for the kids to be able to do it, which puts a, a lot of uh, additional pressure but it always, like I said, it always, always, always seems to come together. And I always say, you know, there's somebody upstairs looking out for us in all these hunts. I believe that. I do. I do believe that. Now, um, how, if you don't mind my asking here, the person's in a wheelchair. How the heck do you get them through the woods, through wherever you have to go to hunt? Yeah, that's a good question. <laughs> it, it's not easy. Um, you know, and, and every every kid is different. We've been on, you know, out of the the hunts that we've been on, two of them have been with uh, have been with wheelchairs. So that usually includes doing a lot of scouting and seeing what's going on to see where maybe is more accessible for the kids that you can get them in and out. Um, I know the one hunt we were on. You know, we were just driving to the first spot in the morning, and there was the big bull moose standing out in the field. And it was, you know, the guy was like, well, we can't get him there. I said, you pull this van over right now, we'll get him there. And we literally, at times, picked his 300-pound wheelchair up and were getting it to where we needed to go. And, and we got him, you know, I took a, we took a young man with the leukemia last year. And he was, you know, he's in the middle of his chemo treatments and he, he's losing a lot of his motor function. So it's hard for him to walk. You know, I threw him on my back and took him, you know, I was probably four or 500 yards on my back. Uh, to get them where he needed to go. So one way or the other, we usually find a way to get those kids, you know, where they need to go. And, and these young children, they already know how to shoot? They already know how to hunt? Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, both, you know, the kids in the last two years, um, you know, one shot, you know, Douglas was two shots about four inches apart, you know, that in that story in of itself, Douglas's story was just amazing because, like I said, he had a, an AT in a 300-pound wheelchair. He was in the middle of his, uh, you know, leukemia, his chemotherapy uh, treatments. So he had a lot of issues going on, and we actually got a permit in the state to use a laser rangefinder for him so that his father could help him to get that scope where it needed to be to make a good, clean, ethical shot. 
Well, the first day into the hunt, the laser broke. And, you know, we're all sitting there, well, how in the heck is Douglas going to be able to, to do this? Well, that little stinker, he put two shots four inches apart from each other on that moose without the, all on his own. Um, it was absolutely amazing that he was able to do it, and he did, and he was uh, he was awesome. Like I said, there's always somebody up there uh, watching out for us, but he was uh, he was a trooper, and the young man last year was one shot. So yeah, they can all shoot very well, and every kid's different in what they need. You know, Douglas um, he needed an actual shooting contraption that would you know turn the gun and and do it all robotic, so he could turn it to where he needed and and go from there. Whereas the young man last year was able to hold it all on his own and, and make a great shot. Well, that is amazing. That really is amazing. Yeah, well, hey, I mean, we're going to take we're going to take a moment and we're going to go to break. But I want to remind you that this is why, whenever people have a tragic accident, they become paralyzed, and other and they used to hunt. And people tell them, sell your guns, sell your ship, your boat, sell, throw away your rods. Don't ever do that. I always tell people that because there is always, as Merrill Hodge would say, find a way. And with that, we'll be right back. You're listening to Joyce Bender, America's Voice, where disability matters at voiceamerica.com. Don't go away. We'll be right back. News, opinion, your voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787, 1-866-472-5787, voiceamerica.com. Nine different energy systems make up the energy body. Energy is all around us and connects us. Energy exerts a major control over our biology and is a big reason why you should be tuning in to energy medicine and optimal health with your host, Dr. Ann Deatley. We'll explore energy balance techniques, tips, and patterns to keep your flow of energy optimal to maintain maximal health. By adopting these techniques, you will keep your energy body and physical body in harmony. Listen for Energy Medicine and Optimal Health, Mondays at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Pacific Time, on Voice America Health & Wellness. Hi, I'm Greg Grunberg from the TV show Heroes. One of my personal heroes is my son, who, like more than 3 million Americans, has epilepsy. When someone with epilepsy is having a seizure, their brain is temporarily producing more electricity than their body can handle. They can shake or stare or fall down. They can also even briefly lose consciousness. If you see someone having a seizure, please make sure they're comfortable and safe. And within a few minutes or less, the electrical overload will stop and they will be okay. To learn more, visit epilepsyfoundation.org. Thank you. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com If you have a question or comment, call in toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now please welcome back the host of Disability Matters, here's Joy Spender. Hey, welcome back to the show. We've been talking to Jason Say owner of Sportsman Portal, co-owner of Wired Outdoors, and founder of Camo Cares. You know, we've been talking about a lot of things. You already pretty much explained to me, Jason, 
uh, in reference to accommodations that even if the person is in a wheelchair, you find a way to get them to where they have to go. But I wanted you to tell our listeners about the hunt that impacted you the most of all the hunts you've been on with these children. Sure. Sure. And, uh, you know, I apologize if I get emotional because I always do when I talk about this. Uh, but you, you heard me talking a little bit about a young man named Douglas. All the hunts are emotional and in and, and different ways. Uh, but we took a young man two years ago on a moose hunt um, who has attacked the Atlantic Cazian. And I, I think I've already talked about that hunt in, in and of itself. But the first day we didn't see a moose, and we were all kind of bummed out, the adults. But Douglas never cared. He didn't let it get him down. He was You could just tell he was thrilled to be out and just be normal. You know, it's just like, hey, I'm, you know, I'm just like one of the guys. I'm doing it like everybody else, and that's how we made him feel. And you could tell he just, he absolutely uh, loved being a part of the hunt and, you know, and all, and all that. But recently, you know, we went out then, and the second day then we ended up getting him his moose, and it was very emotional you know, you know, in the field with him, you know, the, you know, we, the highest of highs, you know, the lowest, you know, where you're, you're, you know, kind of know why you're there at times, but he was so excited. But more importantly, what I'd say, and, you know, I got a call from his mom, you know, as I told you, he had ataxia telangiectasia as well as leukemia. Well, several months back after his hunt, he was, you know, he was having this chemotherapy. And I'll be completely honest, when his mom told me, he had leukemia on top of his AT. I personally just thought, I'm like, well, there's no way. There's perfectly healthy people that can't go through chemo and beat cancer. How the heck is this kid who already has AT going to be able to fight cancer? And his mom, about four or five months back, sent me, uh, she called me. She said, hey, I have great news. And I was like, okay. And she's like, and, and I want to thank you. And I said, well, yeah, you know, you're always welcome. No, she's like, no, I want to thank you because... Douglas is leukemia-free. He beat it. He beat it. And uh, it was amazing. And she said, I want to thank you. And I'm like, well, you know, well, that was great taking him on that. She's like, no, you taking him on that hunt proved to him he can do these things. He can be like everybody else. He doesn't have to just sit and, and, and wait to die. But he can be normal like everybody else. And by you showing him that, it gave him reason to fight and fight even harder. And he beat his leukemia. Wow. And I no wonder that to... impacted you. That is yeah. awesome. Yeah. And I always get emotional when I talk about it. But to me, and that's what Camo Cares is all about. You know, that's, that's what it is, and that's what we want to do. And it's just awesome that, you know, that that happened that way and, you know, that, that – Keep beat it, and it's, it's still, you know, anytime I talk about it, I can't help it. And I always apologize because I get emotional talking about it. But this family is, in all the families, they're very, very special to us. You know, whether it's the, you know, the Evans family and Ariana and Billy Myers and, and the Charlones. You know, unfortunately, we had one child who, who, you know, passed away. But I remain close with all of these families. And that story in and of itself, just, you know, getting that call, I mean, it never ceases to amaze me. The, the strength and the power of these kids and what they can accomplish and what they can do. And I've learned over the years, no longer do I ever doubt. I don't go on these times and say, oh, man, I don't know if we can do this or, you know, I don't know if this kid's going to be able to handle it because they always do. And, you know, it's just been a very, very humbling experience for us to be involved with such awesome, awesome kids. Now, here's what I have to say about this, folks. There's 54 million Americans living with disabilities. We are 
the largest unemployed group in the United States. As you all know, I'm on a national campaign. I work with the National Security Agency. I work with Bayer, Highmark, all these uh, companies across the United States that are willing to hire people in finance, accounting, and all these areas who are blind in wheelchairs or have epilepsy the way I do. Now, if he could take this child with a significant disability on a moose hunt, and he's able to do it. You're telling me you can't be an entry-level accountant? Hey, something's wrong with this picture right here. That's why I believe in no pity. I also believe in reaching for your dreams. That's why I think this is so awesome. I don't hunt. I'm a, I fish. I like to fly fish. But I've got to tell you, to be able to do that for someone, I can't even imagine that's the feeling of dignity. That's the feeling of respect. That's the feeling, I'm okay. I can do this too. And that is a great feeling. Now, I also know, Jason, that you are doing something special for the wounded servicemen and women. And here we are approaching Memorial Day as we're talking about this. But I think that is Awesome, because veterans with disabilities, once again, extremely high unemployment, and that is a big initiative of mine, finding employment for veterans with disabilities. So how about if you tell us about that, what you're doing? Sure. Um, you know, when we started Camo Cares, we always, we always knew kids was, was something that we really wanted to focus on, but we always said in the beginning, that's why we kept our Camo, Camo Cares mission statement to be broad, because veterans hold a, you know, a special place in my heart as well. Um, you know, my dad's a Vietnam vet. My grandfather's a World War II veteran. So they've always, and we've always said, you know what, when we start making enough money, we want to do something special for the veterans as well. And, you know, last year after we made $40,000, we knew that this year was the year to, you know, to make that happen. And that's what we did. So what we're doing is we're doing a very similar thing. We're actually working with an organization called the Military Support Military Warrior Support Foundation, and we have a, a young man who did three tour duties, three or four tour duties. I'll have to check it. I think it's four tour duties, and in his last tour duty, he hit an IED, um, lost his left leg. Just an amazing man, though, and, and he, we are going to be taking him on his dream elk hunt in uh, New Mexico this fall. And he's going to be at Camo Care spending the day with us and getting to meet all the folks. But that's uh, first staff, sar- no, first class sergeant Matt Miles, um, and we're really excited. We're going to be taking him on his dream elk hunt. So, wow! Now that will be a great thing, won't it? Yeah. And by the oh. way, if you go to his website, you can see this. Um, you know where he talks about this. Okay. Now here we go. How would Say right now on our show across America, let's just say there's a serviceman or woman that says, oh, I wish I could do that. How would they get in touch with you? Sure. What I would tell them is because we work through other charities. So, you know, they could always contact me through our website at wiredoutdoors.com, and I'll funnel them to the right organization, whether it's the Military Warrior Support Foundation or whether it's kind of a lifetime. If they're a kid, you know, uh, they have a child who's suffering from a life-threatening illness, you know, that's where we would send them, and they would go through the process to see, you know, if they qualify for these types of things. But they're more than welcome to contact me on my website. You know, they can find that at wiredoutdoors.com. Okay, that would be great. And once again, you know, to me, any man or woman 
that went to Afghanistan or Iraq, came back here as a disabled veteran that we will not find employment for, that is shameful. Here are people who put their lives on the line for you, and you don't even know them. So, you know, we really have to get that together, folks. That, That is definitely something I am all about. So I'm glad to hear that you do this also for people. So I guess that means, Jason, that you've seen a lot of black bear. How about grizzly bears? Um, I've never done a grizzly bear hunt. We've done we've done bear. A lot of times, you know, it's, it's elk hunts or moose hunts, you know, things like that. So we've we've done some bear, but never uh, never a grizzly bear hunt. So I, you know, are you even allowed now that I think about it? You know, are they on oh, the yeah. endangered? No, you can, you can, there are kids I know that have gone on grizzly bear hunts in Alaska. So, uh-huh. you know, there's certain areas where the numbers are not as large, but in Alaska, Alaska holds a very healthy population of grizzly bears. So, yes, you absolutely can hunt grizzlies. Okay, well, let me just say, I'd be really careful doing that. <laughs> they they really can, you know what, they can really run fast. Thank goodness I've never been near one. I've been 100 yards away from one, and that was in Yellowstone National Park in Lamar Valley, and the park ranger had to keep all of the tourists over 100 yards away because, uh, you know, obviously didn't want an accident. And this grizzly bear was down in the by the riverbank eating the carcass of an elk. Okay. So, uh, you know, that's how everyone got to, got to see it, but, I mean, wow, sure. they're big. They're yeah, really they're, big, and they, they run really fast. Yeah, they can be a dangerous animal. So, yeah, you want to make sure if you're going to hunt grizzly bear, what I always tell people, if you're going to hunt grizzly bear, make sure you have a really good guy with a really big gun. <laughs> well, I'd say if you're going to hunt grizzly bear, I'd have to have a car right there, right by my side. <laughs> well, I don't hunt anyway, but, boy, those are fast animals. And you know what I've noticed is that when people do have problems, though, with any wild animal, it's because they're really stupid. I mean, you know, no offense, but, you know, I love Yellowstone because there are also places accessible and there is accessible fishing uh, for people, you know, with disabilities on the Yellowstone River. Um, and they also do work with wounded boyers to take uh, servicemen and women you know, who are wounded if they want to go fly fishing. But it always amazes me. Signs everywhere. Do not approach wildlife. Do not approach. But, hey. People do it. Now listen. And yeah. I'm sure you have a lot of safety issues and lessons that you go over with everyone before you go hunting. Is that correct? Absolutely, yeah. I mean, all of our kids and our vets, you know, we're very, very careful. I mean, whether you're dealing with adults or whether you're dealing with kids, and especially sometimes you may not be going with the most experienced hunter in the world. So, you know, there's always, you know, from gun safety to, to everything else, but we're very thorough in making sure um, that, you know, there's not going to be any issues with any type of safety problems. Well, see, I'm safe because I don't hunt. I just fish. So I've noticed trout do not attack me, so I'm okay yes. here. <laughs> but with that, we're going to get ready to go to break and come back to close the show with Jason Say. This is Joyce Bender, America's Voice, at Disability Matters on VoiceAmerica.com. Don't go away.
Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your questions. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Hi, I'm Greg Grunberg from the TV show Heroes. One of my personal heroes is my son, who, like more than 3 million Americans, has epilepsy. When someone with epilepsy is having a seizure, their brain is temporarily producing more electricity than their body can handle. They can shake or stare or fall down. They can also even briefly lose consciousness. If you see someone having a seizure, please make sure they're comfortable and safe. And within a few minutes or less, the electrical overload will stop and they will be okay. To learn more, visit epilepsyfoundation.org. Thank you. Every week, tune in to a new kind of radio show. Carrie Douglas returns to the Voice America Talk Radio Network, along with Voice America's Network Director, Brandy Jackson, for the Mr. Carrie Douglas and Brandy B Show. We'll step inside the minds and lives of everyday people with a focus on how their faith has developed and led them along their personal path. Carrie Douglas is an artist, promoter, writer, and industry mogul, but his mission is deeply rooted by his faith. Tune in every Monday at noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. If you have a question or comment, call in toll free at 1 866 472 5788. Now, please welcome back the host of Disability Matters. Here's Joy Spender. Well, welcome back to the show. Let me just tell you, if you have a family that loves to hunt, loves the outdoors, and you have a child with a significant disability, including a child that used to go with you hunting but had an accident and is now in a wheelchair, this is the show for you. This is Camo Cares. You've really got to check this out. Because if we could get this news out far enough, you'd have major foundations helping with this because it could do so much for so many children. And Jason Say is our guest. Now, Jason, I know I have asked every single guest for the past nine years these next two questions, and it seems like this next one is the hardest to answer, but I will ask you, Jason, Obviously, you have accomplished so much in your life, but what would you consider your greatest accomplishment? Well, I actually think that's a pretty easy question, and I think it's, to me, personally, you know, Camo Cares and all that, that, that's not just me accomplishing that. We have a great committee that spends a ton of time, and you know, Kyle, you know, I know he's on the show, you know, we, we work together. That's, that's far from just me making that happen. So I can't even sit here and try and to begin to take credit for, uh, for Camo Cares and just the people of the community that, that pitch in and the sponsors. I guess my biggest and I guess most proud accomplishment, I don't know if it's an accomplishment, but I, I think to me, it's just being a really good dad, you know, and I have a 10 year old and a four year old and, I think, to me, that's what I would tell people I'm most proud of, and I think what I strive to do every day, you know, just be a a bit of a father and husband is what I can be. And I I would say that that's my proudest accomplishment, and, you know, and all the things that I've done is just hopefully becoming the human being, um, you know, that I want to be. You know, my mom, one thing, you know, when I used to get in trouble in school all the time, 
she used to tell me, I don't care what you accomplish or how much you do in life. I just want one thing. I want you to grow up to be a really good person. And that's, that's wow. what I think my, my biggest accomplishment would be. Wow, that was a that was great advice. Yeah. Well, let so. me ask you, who would you say then was your role model that inspired you to be this person you are? Well, I would have to give that to both my mom and dad. Um, you know, my grandpa just came from a family. My mom's a pastor. Uh, my dad just, but people used to call my house Little House on the Prairie, and they called my dad Paul Ingalls. So it gives me an <laughs> idea um, of of the type of family that I had. Just such a strong family. And my mom and dad have just always, I mean, it didn't matter, you know, through school I was fortunate, I had, I had a pretty good basketball career, but I remember there were times where, you know, I got into some trouble in school, and, and, and none of it ever mattered to my mom and dad, and it's just, that's what they always said, they didn't care about anything, and they genuinely meant it, that all they wanted our, their kids to be, it's my brothers, my sisters, was just to end up being really good people at the end of the day, and that's what made them the most proud. And you know what, is it that people forget this? But isn't it amazing the impact parents can have on children? What I mean is sometimes people get so tied up in other things in their life or wanting their child to be cheerleader, uh, you know, quarterback, uh, popular, whatever it is. But at the end of the day, I believe, oh, you're is, a, you're are, just, are you a good person? Yeah, there's no bigger influence in kids. You know, and, and we talk all the time, you know, hunting is something that's always been near and dear to me, and, and we see those numbers going downhill. And, you know, because, you know, people are busy. Parents don't have the time. They don't they do not do those kinds of things with their kids anymore. And in my opinion is there's no bigger influence on a child and how they're going to turn out than their parents. And, you know, and, and, and that's where I, you know, I'm just always, you know, I, I was fortunate to have such – good role models and good parents growing up, that I just want to do the same for my kids, you know, and, and make sure that, you know, that I give them the foundation that they need to hopefully at the end of the day be really, really good people. What's more important than that? There isn't anything. Let me, that's why you pay it forward, you know that? That's why you do that. Let me ask you a question there. Um, why do you think that is? Is that the main reason you think that the hunting has gone down? Well, I mean, you know, there, there's lots of reasons. I mean, you know, when I was a kid growing up, you know, town shut down. You, you, I mean, you, for two days, kids didn't go to school. And, and I remember, you know, when I grew up, I didn't have, I had the two TV channels and rabbit ears. I didn't have video games. So when you were a kid, you sat there and watched your uncles and your, you know, your dad and your grandpa, and you watched them all get together and go hunting. And you couldn't wait until you were 12 years old until you could go do it. And that's just not the way that it is anymore. Um, you know, and it's, it's, and what I tell people is if you don't take a kid hunting, if you don't take a kid hunting by the time he's 12, 13, 14, 15, 16 years old, most likely that kid's not going to start hunting. And, you know, so we encourage people. We're involved in lots of different activities, too, with, you know, getting kids in the outdoors, and it's something that's, you know, that's, that's near and dear to me. And it's just kind of falling aside, and whether it's, you know, now kids, you know, they have video games, they have computers, they have 500 TV channels. You know, they don't need to go outside and entertain themselves. And, you know, and parents aren't saying, hey, get your butt outside and go play. Um, or they're busy, you know, and they got, like you said, five little leagues and soccer and this traveling team and cheerleading and, you know, and all that kind of stuff, and there's just no time. So, you know, I think it's a number of factors that go into it, but we're definitely seeing a, a decrease in numbers. 
and here at Wide Outdoors, that's another thing, you know, not only with what we do with Camo Cares, but just kids in general, you know, making sure they're getting out and getting involved in the outdoors. So let me ask you, if you had one message to leave with our listeners today, what, what would it be? Wow. Um, I guess I, w- I would say is nobody's – what we do here at Camo Cares, any, anybody can, can do it. They can get, they, anybody can make a difference. Maybe they can't do it to the level that we do. And, you know, I'm going from a, a, a personal standpoint for me to somebody else is it, it, saying, you know, all the time we say, oh, I wish, you know, we could do stuff like this. You can. You know, it's just making up your mind whether, you know, hey, I want to help a wounded veteran. And somebody maybe isn't able to do money, but maybe they can go do something and take them on a hunt. Or maybe it doesn't even have anything to do with hunting. They just want to make a difference. Everybody can make a difference. And in one way or the other, and I think too many people sit back and say, "I wish I could do that." And to me, you can do it. You can go do something. You just have to get the 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 gumption, get up and go do it, and make it happen. And I think that would be what I would send to people: is, is the message is that all the time we have people, "Oh, we wish we could do something like that, or we could do this, or we could do that," but I just can't. You know, there's nothing we can do. That's just that can be farther from the truth. I believe everybody out there can make a difference in somebody's lives, one way or the other. And that doesn't mean money. That doesn't mean doing an event, camo care. It can be lots and lots of different things. Um, so that's, I guess, you know, what I would give is, you know, is, is my personal message to people out there when they look and see the kinds of things that we do at Camo Cares and Wired Outdoors. And I agree with you 100%. Thank you so much for being with us. On the show today, I really do appreciate it, and I wish you the very best. Hey, as Henry Ford said, when you're thinking about, can I really do that? Just remember, whether you think you can or think you can't, you're right. This is Joyce Bender, America's Voice, where Dissent Matters at voiceamerica.com. Talk to you next week. Voice America would like to thank you for tuning in. Please join us next Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time for another installment of Disability Matters right here on the Internet Leader and Talk Radio.